132 reported cases of Rolexes being stolen. Are you wearing your Rolex? I'm not. I, I have the I have the Shinola today. <laughs> I thought it was a shit. Yeah. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. You got him confused, huh? I did. I, I, I can't <laughs> tell one from the other. In Brooklyn Supreme Court, a man was sentenced to 20 years in prison for murdering a house guest. And just like a guy who would murder a house guest, he didn't confess right away. He didn't even dispose of the body in a respectful manner. Assistant DA Melissa Carvajal said this defendant has showed no remorse for his actions. He stuffed Rufino Sanchez's body into a container and went on with his life with his child for four days before confessing to his boss. At the sentencing hearing, the victim's sister told the convicted man, you stored him away like winter clothes. Now the funeral director had to put my brother's body into two body bags. He was so badly decomposed, we were robbed of closure. He was short order cook Joshua Simser, shameless killer, 26 year old Texas native. And uh, joining me now, criminal defense attorney Jim Poe. Hey Jim. Hello. Long time no see. Did you, did you catch this story at all, the sentencing? I, I, I may have, I don't know. Chino Sanchez was murdered. They were buddies. They were hanging out, drinking and smoking cigarettes. I know these exact, you know, like, that's what I used to do in my whole 20s. I was a short order cook, a line cook, and I would get drunk and smoke cigarettes all night. And that's what these two were doing. And his story is they woke up and the guy was like, where's my cigarettes? He got him, you know, it was a, fa- a fight over cigarettes. The guy lunged at him and then he stabbed him in the neck. I don't know what actually. Cigarettes have gotten quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like the days of $4 bought you a pack. I mean, now you're now you're in $15 a day. Yeah. Yeah, it is something to get up. I mean, you got to make 100 Gs a year just to be a pack a day smoker now. I have this question about a court case. Now, uh, a Ralph Lauren model and he used to date exy uh, Lindsay Lowen uh, and uh, he belted a guy in a dispute over a painting. And he got a sweet deal from a Manhattan prosecutor now. Uh, I mean, is, is that really a sweet deal or is this just a dumb crime? Well, I'm not so sure. Uh, he, he was he was uh, charged with assault after attacking acquaintance Thomas Goodwin for removing a $100,000 painting from his carriage house. That's the difference in crime in rich and poor people, isn't it? You know? I it, hate it's a fight people. over cigarettes and a murder. This guy, he, he, <laughs> he didn't steal it. He, he, he removed... He removed a hundred thousand dollar painting from his carriage house, and then and then punched him. So, uh, so the deal was: it, it looks like he didn't. Nothing really happened. Uh, he, you know, it goes to civil court for appropriate damages, and I guess they dropped the charges here. He must return the painting and stay out of trouble for six months in return for you know nothing happening. It's called an ACD. What, what's an ACD? Adjournment and contemplation of dismissal. You you your case is adjourned for six months. If you don't get arrested in the six months, it's dismissed and sealed as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. They happen all the time. But yes, I hate these people. Yeah, uh, and, I'm and, an underwear model with my hundred thousand dollar painting, and I'm going to punch people over it. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> hey man, what's worth fighting for? The guy's named Morgan, of course. That's a big that's a big name nowadays for a certain type of person. Morgan, <laughs> you know, Morgan. Here's an interesting story that came up. Brooke Astor's late son, Anthony Marshall, left to stew in his own urine and feces on Rikers Island. What? His widow says. <laughs> Rikers Island is a terrible place to be. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's they run that place like a fucking prison. They do. I mean, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> it's not, I mean, you know, it's, I, yeah. So, yeah, now Anthony Marshall, one of the Astor's, the Astors are, yeah, I mean, uh, they are, that's a story uh, named after uh, 
the you know of course I guess John Astor. I would say yeah, John Astor. One of them. One of them died on the Titanic, I believe. The, yeah, like that, one of the like major big rich ones. Right. It was. I think that was the brother of or something of of this guy of of the guy who they named Astoria for. And Astor Place is named after. Him? Originally called uh, Howitt's Cove, and then they changed it to Astor. Uh, Astoria, because uh, he, they they said, "Well, give us five grand to help us build the place up, and and we'll name the place after you for Christ's sake." And they, and he said, "All right, I'll give you five hundred And then and they named they named the place after him. He never came there once, and he didn't even give him the money. <laughs> <laughs> he stiffed him on the cash. That's a dick move. Yeah. The well, you know, your quickest way to get shit named after you is be named James Polk. Ah, so now, oh there's, really? There's a ton of things named Polk. Ah, after you. Yeah, I well, assume. So now, uh, uh, the the Astors, who, who still have all this money, I guess, uh, they, they love to just, uh, they get torn apart in the, in the press every once in a while. Uh, and, and Anthony Marshall, uh, you know, that's the late son of, of Brooke Astor, he was left to stew in his own urine and feces on Rikers Island, according to his widow, uh, according to a lawsuit. Uh, when uh, when he was when he was on Rikers and uh, Philip Marshall, who I guess is another member of this family, he says I I am rem- I am reminded of the sad circumstances my grandmother was subjected to oh. as a victim of elder abuse. Comedic That's, callback, which is why he was locked up. <laughs> yes, he was locked up because he let her stew in her own urine and feces, and now he's on he was on Rikers Island. I guess he died, and uh, he had. Well, That's let me let me let me jump in. The whole thing is here. The, a lot of urine and feces going on. Yeah, I mean, stewing in your own urine and feces is just another way of saying being on Rikers Island. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I've been to Rikers many times. The place smells like urine and feces, mm-hmm. and it's kind of always in a condition that you feel you're stewing in your own. I don't think he was left to do this. I don't think he was singled out. I the, think the, it was. They, ju- they don't have like a, a solitary stew in your own feces. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I don't think this was an ignore. I think he was literally just in Rikers, and Rikers, there's a lot of urine and feces, kind of just everywhere. Take it's, him to the tank. It's disgusting. I, 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 and if, if I had to stew, stew in anybody's urine and feces, it would be my own. I would prefer my own. I think it's the best one of all the possibilities of stewing in urine and feces. <laughs> I can't think of a context in which not being in my own versus being in others would be better. I, yeah, I mean, just if you're just like, you know what? I've been in my own feces now for a month. <laughs> can I try anything, any change? Or that, yeah. that way you're like, it's, it can only be better. Or could it? Yeah, that's a Faustian bargain there. Lawsuits are so interesting, aren't they? A female casting couch uh, uh, victim of, of uh, this guy. Now, J- Joseph Brooks, you recall, uh, the, uh, he's, he wrote You Light Up My Life, which won a, a Grammy and an Oscar way back in the 70s. It's a song that you just, boy, oh, boy. Is it bad? It's just, uh, if you don't know it, by all means, I'm not going to play it here. Thank you. I don't want to have to, uh, would we have to pay them for that? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't want to have to listen. Well, it. a bunch of the victims, uh, now, see, this guy who, you light up my, who wrote You Light Up My Life turned out to be a bit of a creep. He uh, <laughs> He would have these women come over. His secretary would kind of vet them and then he would bring them over uh, to find ones that would be pliable and you know and he would do this casting couch scenario or whatever uh, and I guess it's rape I guess he was being accused of uh, rape he had criminal charges coming up uh, at the time of his death which was uh, by suicide he did a the exit bag it's called yeah yeah helium and and, yeah yeah he like lightened the air so much that he lost air while he had a bag on his head yeah I mean he he looks like a creep yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, the picture they have of him. Is, yeah, I'm looking uh, at it now. It is, it is really something else. He's a well, I mean, you know, it, it depends. 
He looks like Alex Karras if Alex Karras did heroin for like 20 years. <laughs> Alex Karras? Yeah, I remember from, from Webster? Uh, no, I was the thinking football from player? Uh, Yeah, the football player from uh, Blazing Saddles. Yeah, Alex Karras was on Webster. That's right, he yeah, was. Yeah, I, it's, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, he, he, well, this guy is really thin. Yeah, like you said, uh, maybe AIDS or something. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the, now they believe that these victims, they're suing uh, for, the, they, they were cheated in a $1.3 million uh, settlement. Well, that was the, the amount of the estate. It gets to be so confusing. It gets to be so, like, I, I honestly think the only reason they run this story is to get that guy's picture in the paper again. Well, yeah, and he's and he's creepy. And also, I mean, the apple sounds like it didn't fall far from the tree. Wasn't his son the one that murdered the fashion designer? From, well, yeah. We covered that story? Exactly, designed bathing suits, and then Nicholas Brooks uh, uh, either drowned her or choked her to death in a bathtub. I guess he choked her to death. Uh, and uh, she was the one with the to-do list. Yes. What a great story. I don't know what the hell happened with all that. Here's an interesting uh, story, a little legal well, I, thing. Well, let's go back to Brooks for a second, because okay. one of the things they were very upset about, that, that they didn't get as much money as they thought they were from his estate, mm -hmm. one of the reasons for that was because before they distributed to the victims, they distributed um, taxes and lawyers' fees. Yes. Now, taxes, you're, you argue till you're blue in the face. They're always going to get their taxes. Of course. But people are probably wondering why the lawyers got paid first, and I can answer this question very, very easily. Well, the one that got you the money. Well, and, and, and we wrote the law. <laughs> I mean, it's you know it's weird. yeah. The, occasionally, when something sits on the rim, it goes the lawyer's way. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, let's not fool ourselves. Well, good one. Yeah, uh, they they, they they believe the estate is diverting a hundred grand a year royalty payments to a trust for his convicted murderer's son as well. Does out seem of, a, out of their seem payments. a bit unnecessary. Well, yeah, for, to take their money and give it to the to the son. But, like, what the hell? I guess, you know, he's eventually going to get out of prison. Maybe. Well, I mean, he's doing, what, 25 to life, maybe, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, eventually he'll get out. Uh, he seems he, like the type that would get along well in prison, though. I can't see him getting beaten to death or anything. Jesus. So, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe, yeah, yeah. He's got a few bucks, you know. But, I mean, like, yeah. he definitely has trouble getting along. And I don't think he ever had a job. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure he's got a job in there. He's probably learning a lot. Yeah, yeah. A Muslim... Taxi driver refused to let a woman ride in the front seat as her family piled into the cab at Penn Station. 64-year-old Tamzer Drama, he later said his religion forbade him to ride that close to a female stranger. And a city judge didn't buy it. Good. You shouldn't. No? This is Don't we have freedom of religion in this country? Yeah, this is, this is the common misconception of freedom of religion. It's like every other freedom. Everybody knows they have it. They have no idea how to exercise it. You do have freedom of religion. The government will never tell you what kind of religion you can practice and what kind you can't, okay? That's what freedom of religion means. It doesn't mean you get all these special accommodations and it doesn't allow you to do your fucking job. Well, I mean, but there, this is the practice of his religion right i mean this, it, like you said it, it says you it, the government can't tell you what religion to practice or not practice but then they, if don't, they don't let him do this and this is his religious practice are they not allowing him to the to the you know legal to the practice of his uh no he has the freedom to practice his religion and what if that includes not letting women ride in the front seat then you can't do that job you can't be licensed by the city because you're discriminating now, you're essentially forcing the city to endorse your religion, to, to make accommodations for your religion at the discrimination of others. To me, this is a very simple one. No. Mm. No is the answer to this. It's the old theory with your religion requires long hair, but the cops don't allow you to have it. Can you be a cop? My answer is no. Mm -hmm. You have a right to be whatever religion you want. But, you know, when you start 
imposing it in situations that that limit the rights of others, then you're just you're just you're you're not there. I mean, you can't say fire in a crowded theater, but you have the right to free speech. This is the same thing. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. You can't. I think it would. It's arguably, you know, more damaging to yell rape in a crowded Twitter. <laughs> it is. You know, I mean, than it is to yell fire in a crowded theater, considering you seldom see a theater that has more than 12 or 13 people in it anymore. Well, yeah. Yell fire, they fucking uh, calmly file out and everything's <laughs> fine. You're like, where's the fire? Um, it's interesting how, how, how different... Uh, the, 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 so, the, even that saying itself, it, it, you'd have to, like, call into question. But as far as religion goes... And you say that, okay, a long-haired cop, you, you can't do that. Would Roger Goodell be able to say, okay, you guys, with the hair hanging out of your helmets, that's got to stop? Or would a coach be within his rights to say, no long hair hanging out of the helmet, if it's not a rule of the NFL? Um, yes, they, and they've done it for years. Remember the New York Yankees when Johnny Damon came? He had to cut all his hair and his beard. The Yankees mm-hmm. don't allow for facial hair, or yeah. they don't allow for long hair and facial hair, so they cut it. Yeah, no, it's, here's the thing. If Goodell were to impose that rule, mm-hmm. what you would have to look at the legitimate purpose. Because whenever somebody imposes any kind of restrictions on somebody, you have to look at the legitimate interest of the state versus the right that's being infringed upon. This is the standard that's established by the Supreme Court. Okay. So if the state has a compelling state interest in doing something a certain way, then your rights can be subrogated. And usually the standard they mean, one of the best examples of this is, is the Ku Klux Klan allowed to wear their masks when they march in violation of a city ordinance? And the answer on this was, no, they're not. If the city doesn't allow people to wear masks when they demonstrate publicly, then the Ku Klux Klan can't wear a mask. And the reason that is, is one of the reasons that people need to be identify your faces is, if there is a law break or if there is a victim, the police need to be able to readily identify the person for public interest and... If you're all wearing masks and you all look exactly the same, you can essentially march through committing crimes and making it extremely difficult for the police to enforce the actual law. Very similar to like like in Chinatown, where everybody looks very similar. <laughs> Would you be allowed to force them to wear name tags? <laughs> no. No? All right. So what if uh, the Klan had long hair hanging out of their hoods? Could the Klan make a rule that you can't have hair hanging out of your hood? And you say yes. Yes. They're Just private- like Roger Goodell could make the law, could make the rule that you can't have hair hanging out of your helmet, right? He could. I but would, you have to, like you said, if that was challenged, he'd have to prove that there's some reason. And I think he would actually probably have a very good case. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think it would probably be a safety risk. Okay. To a certain list. So so you're saying it has to be proven to be a safety risk. Well, I mean, that would be the argument. There could be other reasons, maybe, but my guess is that would be the one they went with. Well, you see, that's interesting, because in this case, you have a cab driver who has to prove a reason why she can't be up front it's not that it has to be a safety risk for her not to be up front. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost as if he should be able to set that limit for himself if he wants to, unless she can demonstrate a legitimate reason why no. she gets to be up front. No, you're confusing what I'm saying. Um, here's the thing on this particular case. When they say a reasonable accommodation, you know, it's, it's if they said no Muslims can be cab drivers because some sort of intangible reason that would be infringing on somebody's freedom of religion here this gentleman operates a taxi that is licensed by the city of new york the only reason he's allowed to operate that taxi is because the tlc commission which is a government agency allowed him the permit to do it he's saying my religion forbids me to let women ride in the front seat but that inherently infringes upon the users that the government is supposed to protect the women who might one day ride his taxi when there are more enough seat when there aren't enough seats in the back 
Mm -hmm. So is this accommodation we can provide? The government will argue absolutely not because you're essentially treating a class of citizens... We're, We're being forced to treat a class of citizens differently because of your religious accommodation. And moreover, if every Muslim cab driver did this, you would have significantly less women able to ride in taxi cabs, and that is inherent discrimination endorsed by the government, not allowed. Mm. Whereas you could still be a Muslim and not be a licensed taxi driver, and we are still allowing Muslims to be taxi drivers. We're not infringing on your religion. I'm with the city on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're just forcing them to disobey a, a, you know, a direct instruction from Allah. Uh, okay, but here, Pat. What if your religion doesn't prevent you to kill? Do you have to, uh, and you join the army and then tell the army, I don't want to kill people? Well, that's too bad. Right. This is the same thing. No, you can be a conscientious objector. You can, but my point is, say you actively joined the army like this guy did. He actively became a cab driver. The cab driver doesn't draft people. It may feel like they do, but they didn't. <laughs> so, so you join the army and then tell the army, my religious beliefs don't allow me to carry a gun in combat well the manager in his garage says there's not a there's no such rule in islam anyway (laughs) so he even got it wrong and then another driver added maybe if she was drunk and wearing a skirt hiked up to here and he pointed to you know the top of his chins (laughs) (laughs) says top of his thigh of of his thighs and now uh he he wouldn't let her in front but but only if she is alone now what about that what if i'm a cab driver and there's an obnoxious woman I suspect she might be intoxicated. I don't know. I don't know that. That's not, you know. And I'm thinking her presence up front is rattling me. And it's, uh, it's say she's distracting. She has like a short skirt, you know, that's like way up here. Say she's wearing something that like I don't want in my field of vision in any way. And I'm afraid I might be accused of some behavior that I haven't, that I haven't done. What about then? Would you be able to say, I can't have this woman up front? You, sir, can write up front, but I can't let this happen. What about it, that? It, it, it depends on the circumstance. If she's drunk, acting disruptive, yes, you've got a case. If it's that you can't drive with a boner, sorry, buddy. You're really? Gonna lose. Yeah. Really? Yeah, you you're going to lose. You could be forced to have a topless woman in your car because topless is legal in New York State. It's completely protected. There's yes. nothing in the cab driver that you have to have a shirt on. As, so. you, as you would a topless man, yes. Right. You would be forced to. Wow. And it's not even forced to. You're essentially being required to do the job you signed up to do and got licensed by the city to do. Nobody's holding your gun to your head and saying you have to take this woman in your cab. They're saying if you want to drive a cab under the standards in New York City laid down, you have to do these but things. But don't you think he has a legitimate safety concern at that point? Not only for the safety no. of others, but the safety of his job and reputation. No, I mean, you're going to pick up attractive women in all contexts. If you can't drive when there's an attractive woman that I might distract I didn't say attractive. You. I, said, I said sexually uh, uh, you know, uh, inappropriate, perhaps. Yeah, the answer is no just no it's you you still got to drive the fucking cab wow that's that's that is intriguing well it cost him 350 bucks so you can still you can still do it now i'm taking the side of of the the driver here i don't agree with it necessarily it's just it makes an interesting discussion absolutely Uh, and as a journalist i'm required to to do these things to to, to take a side would compromise my integrity they took (laughs) here's what she did is took a and this is if you ever have a dispute with a cab driver a good thing to do take a picture of the medallion number and and you can go from there. Yeah. And then you know exactly uh, what has occurred. She filed in a, com- a complaint alleging sex sex discrimination. Uh, he lost the case twice. Draw Matt did uh, on a regular hearing and then on appeal. And then he he did claim the woman cursed him out. Nobody bought it. Uh, and uh, the judge at the hearing says that's not. She said that's his religion. That his religion did not allow him to sit next to a woman is not an acceptable defense in an occupation that is operated 
uh, to serve the public. Yeah. This is why we should just ban all religion. <laughs> Much easier solution. That's well, that would simplify the the the, the religion thing, wouldn't it? Sure. Uh, Stupid clause. We should have never put it in there. Towards Forest Hills now. Oh, my neighborhood. They still haven't captured a suspect in uh, all these arsons out there in Forest Hills. Yes, I've heard about this. Seven fires since October. They believe to have been set by an individual who's been referred to uh, as the Queen's ninja arsonist. (laughs) Because he had all black on, I guess, and he hasn't been caught yet. I'm better than, I guess, the Johnny Cash arsonist. (laughs) (laughs) So... uh, he left a note at one point. Now, uh, that's going to be a problem for him, don't you think, if they ever do catch him? I mean, it, it seems as if, like, when you leave something, say, decode this, and it leads to this person. And it led to somebody who was not the arsonist. Yeah. So, um, you know, this guy had to go to great lengths, I'm sure, to prove that he wasn't the guy. Uh, you know, and they never do, like, go into detail about who that is. Maybe, maybe it was somebody famous. Maybe it was somebody on the police force. You know, who knows? Also, also Forest Hills, Kew Gardens area. This is this is my neighborhood. Um they don't have a great history of catching serial people. Serial um, people. Yeah, I mean, the, the stun gun rapist was combing through that park for quite a while, and they, he's still at large as far as I know. Now he's stun got gun the, rapist? Yeah, remember him? We no. covered him, I think. Did we really? Yeah, he would come up behind people, hit them with a stun gun, then rape them when they were jogging in the park. <laughs> that's such a funny thing to do. I'm sorry, that's a, it's a horrible <laughs> thing to do. It sounds like a terrible thing it, to but do it, to but me. That but is, that is a funny crime. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> You're just a funny guy. I wonder if when you, like, have sex with somebody who has been, you know, does that electricity transfer into your, does it make them a fun? You ever been hit with a stun gun or taser? Well, clearly no. Yeah. I've I've never done anything illegal. First off, oftentimes people piss themselves. Okay. Squirters. And it's, yeah, it's it's a (laughs) bad. I should get out of here before yeah. this gets any worse. Oh, I don't know. Come on, please. Don't be don't be ridiculous. <laughs> All right. I'll let no. you go in a minute. We'll no, talk no, about I'm just it. teasing. But, uh, you know, but basically, like, they never caught that guy. Now we've got the arsonist driving around who's apparently sending up, like, letters that aren't the guy. And I'd love to see what the guy went through to prove that he wasn't the arsonist. Like, uh, do I smell like smoke? Yeah. Just All right. No, you, you got a point. You're, yeah. you're fine. Uh, NYPD is exploring every possibility in the investigation into the 16-year-old Chinese exchange student who was slashed across her face. Uh, it was just a random crime. They walked up to her, slashed her with a box cutter, and uh, and then ran away. Uh, well, so look out out there. Random shit does occur. It's weird when it does. You just think that, why would that happen? I'm walking down the street, and I, you know, like a lot of people ask me all the time. I was on a podcast the other day. It's weird for everyone or something like that. Uh, listen to it it's a canadian thing and they uh, well when you cover all these crimes does it make you paranoid you know does it make you feel as if you know like afraid to be and i'm like well no because i don't have the kind of family that is like uh yeah that has a lot of money or something that somebody might want i don't have um a lot of stuff on my person like a rolex watch say or you know something that people might want to walk up and steal I'm not carrying a lot of cash. I am also not. I'm not involved in a relationship that's stormy. A lot, a lot of shit comes out of that. I'm, I'm not involved in the criminal world. I don't sell drugs. All these things that you routinely see people getting shot and killed. But occasionally, someone will walk up and slash your face for no reason. Well, that's the joy of New York City. There are really so many ways to die and be a victim here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's just it's it's it's. I mean, my personal favorite remains. This is a city story that can only occur in New York City. Do you remember when that Yankees pitcher um, flew his plane into a woman's apartment 
Corey Lydell a number of years back. Down in Florida, wasn't it? No, it was here. It was in New York City. He oh, was okay. trying to take his plane underneath the Queensboro Bridge, hit a wind shear, and smacked into an apartment. Oh, Christ. Well, he hit this specific woman's apartment over in, in Manhattan, right near the Queensboro Bridge. He managed to hit it. Yeah, like square, dead on, injured her in the in, in, and ruined her apartment. This is the same woman that something like five or six years earlier had won quite a bit of money in a lawsuit with the city because during the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, Chili Willie broke away from his handlers, knocked over a lamppost, and paralyzed her. So in the course of this woman's life in New York City, she has been paralyzed by Chili Willie, the balloon, and nearly killed by a Yankees pitcher in a plane. I mean, these are the things that this... this and most New Yorkers, you tell them that story, they're like, oh, yeah, I can see that. I, well, I, I react the opposite way. I don't think that was random. It does I think there's a connection. <laughs> Maybe this woman is just, you know, difficult. <laughs> uh, we'll have to look into that. I wonder if we can get her on the show. I wonder if she'd be willing to speak to that. Is wheelchair accessible here? <laughs> a violent felon be. was caught with a loaded pistol in Brooklyn, and now the evidence is tossed. A federal judge ruled that, uh, you know, you can't, uh, it, it's inadmissible, right? And so uh, this guy actually wrote a letter saying thank you to uh, Brooklyn Judge Frederick Block after his decision last month. Williams said, keep up the good work. Waleek Williams said that. Keep up the good work. Williams, uh, who has attempted uh, murder and weapons convictions, he has what? He has several uh, attempted murder and weapons convictions under his belt. Excuse me. He does have them. I don't know if it's several. Yeah, he's strolling with a pal near the Louis Armstrong houses. Two planes closed. Cops approached him in an unmarked cruiser, and uh, they thought they saw a gun. They thought they did. They said they spotted it when he briefly lifted his sweatshirt. They got out of the car, identified themselves. The guy ran. Well, the rest is history. The unwarranted stop and search of Mr. Williams was not justified by any suspicion that he was engaged in criminal activity. Therefore, the firearm and ammunition taken from him that morning must be suppressed. And the judge agreed. Uh, that was written by. I like this story. Yeah, so do you do. I really do. Well, I mean, it j- just shows how you know, much better a society would be if we exhibited a level of politeness that mm-hmm. uh, we were we should be taught. So it. you think that the, that the defendant, it's appropriate for him to say, hey, thank you, judge. I mean, somebody does something nice for you. I think a thank you note's very appropriate. I, he says, I'd like to take the time now to thank you for acting honorably in your capacity as a judge. It's a decent letter. Had it not been, I might have become incorrigible. <laughs> well, okay, now we're getting into veiled threat territory. <laughs> Happy holidays. Keep up the good work. Yeah, it does sound that way, doesn't <laughs> I mean, it? It's, no, I mean, it's honestly, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a level of politeness we don't usually expect from attempted murdering gun-possessing criminals. Well, maybe the guy wasn't so bad after all. I mean, I suppose. It's certainly, you... it, it certainly, if my clients exhibited this level of courtesy, I think people would have a different image of them. Yeah. <laughs> How about this story about uh, an Airbnb suit? This is something that maybe, maybe not everybody knows, but if you're a landlord and somebody's running a, an Airbnb out of, the, out of your place, then that's on you. Uh, uh, a Manhattan landlord is getting is 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 on the hook for two hundred fifty thousand dollars in city fines because of what his tenant was doing. The tenant just says, "I don't know what you're talking about. This didn't happen." Uh, you know, they the the fines are for it says turning his five floor walk up into an illegal hotel, suing a tenant. So he has to sue the tenant to get the money that the city's demanding in fines, all because you know the, the landlord is responsible for the way the building is used. Even yeah. if he's renting it to somebody who just does it that way, it's really a it, it's a bit of a pinch for them, wouldn't you say? Not to show sympathy for the landlord, but goddamn, 
Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a very it's a very strange thing, and it's this Airbnb is a new level of liability, and I understand why landlords wouldn't want anybody. I would put it in my lease mm-hmm. that you're immediately evictable if you use Airbnb because somebody from Airbnb you don't even know you didn't rent to comes in, ravages the apartment, or does something that creates a dangerous condition. You're the one who gets sued for something like that. Sure, and. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it and it's a good it's a good precedent to stay away from it. It's going to be a huge problem as Airbnb expands. Well, you know the statement uh, we have an attorney for the owner. He says we were aware of the rental scheme. We did not participate in it or profit from it. But this is how a policy. This is now a policy of the city. The tenant does not get named or fined. The landlord's strictly liable. Hmm. Well, uh, and, and to all our property owning uh, listeners, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them. Yeah, if you're out there. That's that is a Well, that, that, that story a, is my favorite because if you read that story in the uh, in the post in the daily, there are two pictures of the tenant that's being sued. Mm-hmm. One is her in a very short dress looking provocative and the other one is actually her in her lingerie taking a selfie in her apartment. Mm-hmm. There's no feasible reason that either of those pictures needed to be in that story. It seems to me the story was run entirely because somebody dredged up those photographs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, you know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not like she was even using it for prostitution or illegal sex or anything like that. Yeah, parties, you yeah know? they're just like, here's what she looks like. And yeah. you go, well, I'm on her side. Not only here's what she looks like, here's what she looks like in her underwear. Yeah, exactly. I actually Googled her after seeing this article is one of the ones we're going to be talking about. There's a million normal looking pictures of her of her not in her underwear. Are there really? Oh, yeah, plenty. Well, and this photo is like even small. You have to like really work yeah. to blow it up. You can, you know what I mean? I also think she's considerably younger than she actually is now in that photograph. I think that was from a number of years ago. Oh, oh, so it's not even accurate. And that being said, she does like write romance novels for a living is what I also learned. Oh, no kidding. And if she got my letters, I'm kidding. She's an author, a romantic, uh, an author of romance novels and uh, Airbnb runner. I guess these things, uh, yeah, you got to do something on the side sometimes just to make things work. Uh, somebody in Brooklyn uh, over here in, in like, you know, brownstone type Brooklyn, cobblestone type Brooklyn. Uh, Not f- violent Brooklyn. No, no. Fancy pants Brooklyn. Uh, <laughs> has been. I, I love Brooklyn rich people because rich people in Brooklyn, like they don't even have real jobs. Oh, do you don't have jobs. It's like I'm an I'm a holistic medicine consultant. Uh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a brewmeister. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you? Is there really this much money in it for you to afford this? I, yeah. It cracks well, me up. Well, that comes from the other salary in the in the house, which is something else. Maybe uh, I see what you mean. And they are very li- liberal to a fault. They are uh, they're very much like um, what you would think of as uh, you know pampered. Uh, people, I think of them as they're very like non. They're uh, I'm, uh, look. I'm into nonviolent. I don't believe in that. Look at but, that. But I, to a fault. To a fault. I'm a liberal. I'm proud to be a liberal. I don't hide from the fact that I'm a liberal. These are the liberals that annoy even me. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone is dropping rat poison on the streets of Brownstone, Brooklyn, and has. Uh, it's called the city. Yeah. <laughs> They do it in our subways regularly, and the way that they warn us is they hold up a sign that has a picture of a dead rat. Yes. They're like, oh, by the way, we just poisoned this subway system. The rats are fine. You're probably developing cancer, but hey, we put up the sign. Look, we got to do something, okay? Yeah. We can't seed the city to the millions of rats that, that could very easily take over if they don't. I mean, they got to get pretty harsh. It's become very scary here for the residents and the kids who go to school, said Cobble Hill resident Jennifer Lastra. See, uh, what's happened? This guy's dog is now dead uh, by uh, eating poison that was on the street. Now, I don't think this is the city. I think that this is something. I think that the, what they're alleging is that this is, and, well, in the headline, it's toxic, a toxic maniac. 
My guess is it's somebody who was trying to get rid of rats that were gathering around their brownstone. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be reasonable, wouldn't it? And you are, and you are the kind of asshole who just lets their dog eat shit on the ground and then blames other people when the fucking thing dies. Oh. Because there could be nothing poisonous or dangerous for a living thing on the streets of New York City. And you go, oh, yeah, and, and, and the guys, even just aqua green pellets. Now, we all know what that is. Yes. And, and, and it says uh, the guy, Domingo Reyes, beloved pooch, Angel died after apparently eating poison off the sidewalk. It says, uh, and here's a quote from him, Angel, and this was in, that was in October, uh, Angel was his normal, greedy little self. He was eating, playing around, bothering everybody. Well, already I hate this fucking dog. Yeah, seriously. That night, the dog refused to eat. It said, we knew something was wrong. Uh, Angel began to vomit. His mouth filled with foam. His tongue swelled. The owner considered taking him to the nearby emergency vet. Well, yeah, that would be the next step. <laughs> I'm glad they considered that. Yeah, good consideration. But uh, he said the he, angel improved that afternoon. Well, stopped yeah, whining and shit. Got quiet. Well, the next morning he found him dead. Vet said that it was very strange. The dog would die within 24 hours. Now, this other woman apparently got some poison in her mouth somehow. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Which it is funny. Uh, okay, it, New York City is not clean enough to lick the sidewalks. Yeah, if you're licking the sidewalk, don't. Yeah. Uh, see, Laster was walking with her dog Salty on in November, and and, and uh, she spotted the mysterious green powder all over the sidewalk. Her husband took a sample to a vet emergency and referral group, who identified it as rat poison. Later that night, Laster's mouth started burning. My tongue had exploded. How did she get this in her mouth? Her mouth, tongue, and inside cheeks bled, and we're full of sores. And then the, she called poison control. They said, you have to eat vitamin K right away, which I've never heard of. Where would you get vitamin K? I that would be far more terrifying to me. Okay, you got to go to the dark net. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I never dreamed I could get contaminated so easily. I'm a grown-up. If that was a little kid, <laughs> it could have killed him. <laughs> I'm sure she tasted it. I'm sure she tasted it. You know it. that's the only way that that happened. That she went like, oh, it's pure. I mean, this wasn't like a fucking pipe bomb of rat poison that just it launched out at her. Yeah. <laughs> she intentionally went like, what? I wonder what rat poison tastes like. I mean, this is like the mean trick you used to do your friends. Oh, you test a battery's live by putting it on your tongue. Like, uh. it works in a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my dog's licking that. Maybe I better see what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell you, it's... um. It's rat poison, people. You it's don't get to just eat things off the street. Yeah, exactly. Right? So mean, you think that like, somebody was trying to poison rats out in front of their brownstone, and uh, these and, two and, idiot dogs and probably <laughs> died. And one idiot. And now, woman. and now it's a poisoning maniac. Okay, you know I've walked past people with their gardens, and I've seen those little white pellets in the soil. I don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. I don't eat them. Is it is it illegal to put rat poison on the sidewalk I in front of your brownstone? Don't think so. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're an attorney. Who yeah. would I ask? Right. I, I know there's no specific law, criminal law. I mean, maybe you could be sued if you did it in an irresponsible or manner that was likely to cause injury. But, I mean, I, I think that rats are worse than really stupid people. <laughs> think about it. I mean, it's people. like, it's like, look, at, if we get rid of all the rats and a few of the idiots who would actually put a small green pellet that they found on the street in New York City in their mouth, I think this is a win-win. I would have to agree with you. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe this is going to be a, 
a good thing. You know, we'll, we'll get rid of some of these fuckers. I have to say, I hate novelty holiday crime. A guy in a Santa suit broke into a Greenwich Village building, forced his way into an apartment, threatened to shoot the lone resident, and the Daily News had way too much fun with it. Now, crime is never a laughing matter. <laughs> <laughs> but this guy, if you're going to be, you know, if you're not going to be serious, at least be funny. Don't be corny as fuck. This, this is this, the first time the children wanted Santa not to be real. The lead in this guy's story is just really inexcusable. Twas two weeks before Christmas, uh. and all through the house, one bad Santa was brawling the miserable louse. Why should that that person should be fired on the spot? Well, first off, because you're using the frame miserable louse, which instead of unless you're like an 18th century Cockney boot black, feels <laughs> like a phrase we haven't used since Dickens was alive. And yeah, burglar Curtis Moran, clad in a red St. Nick's outfit, was busted for breaking into a Greenwich Village building, forcing his way into the apartment, and threatening to shoot the lone resident. That is what follows that ridiculous little rhyme. <laughs> How can you justify that? <laughs> People read this, you know? <laughs> the cuckoo Chris Kringle... And his victim, that's cuckoo. It just goes on. It, that's my favorite part. Is it? It's just cuckoo to break into someone's house and threaten to shoot them. That is cuckoo. Yeah, they're really, they're really, they're really downgrading the serious, violent yeah. nature of this story. Yeah, they battled for 10 minutes before the burglary finally ducked into his bathroom. Before the yeah, burglary target finally ducked into the bathroom, dialed 911. Now, the holiday hooligan was arrested on the roof of the Manhattan building. It's a holiday hooligan. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, and then, you know... No, the, see, the Hooligan implies that this is a guy who got too drunk and was, like, breaking beer bottles against a wall. It's a little further when you threaten to shoot <laughs> yeah, somebody. when you commit a violent home invasion yes. with weapons. <laughs> <laughs> now, it turned out he wasn't armed, so, you know, I suppose all's well that ends well. However, you know, it, it doesn't really matter that much to that guy in the moment. When the guy says, I'm going to shoot you, you believe that he has a weapon. He's already gotten into your place. He's dressed as Santa, for Christ's sake. Uh, the guy's clearly and, and and here's the best part. OK, uh, it happened on this Saturday night. It says uh, last Saturday was the annual SantaCon event, but it was unclear if Moran was participating <laughs> in the heavy drinking revelry prior to his arrest. <laughs> OK, <laughs> I guess you're taking a pro SantaCon view here. And, and it and, actually makes it feel like it was probably more serious. The guy may have attempted like, you know, I'll, I'll slip in, I'll commit this burglary and I'll disappear into the haze of drunken idiot Santas. Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that was a plan that he had. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's like that scene and analyze this when all the limos come out of the tunnel. Cops don't know which one to follow. I mean, it's it's that sort of theory, I guess. But yeah, mm. this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Really drop the ball there, Daily News. This was yeah, yeah. Not not well written at all. Well, Jim, uh, how can we get in touch with you again? We gave two different numbers before, and that was by design. All right. Yeah. Well, there's there's, there's the direct office number, which is five one six two eight zero nine zero three five. Okay. Wait. One more time. Five one six two eight zero nine zero three five. Or you can call me on my cell five one six five eight seven. Nine seven eight six. Okay, those are the phone numbers, and you can easily go back and listen to them again if you need them. Mazzy and Poke, and I, I have no question, if, if something happened to me, something like, a, like, God forbid, I should be accused of anything ever, which I never have been, I would be, uh, I would, I would be uh, seriously worried about what was going to happen regardless, and I would obviously uh, need a lawyer. You need a lawyer if, if someone accuses you of some shit. When you need one, you know, people make a lot of lawyer jokes, but when you need a fucking lawyer, you better, you better yeah, call we're, on. Yeah, we're, we're despised till we're needed. 
Nazi and power. Then we're loved till you have to pay us. And yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, I, 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 I again the utmost confidence in in somebody whose uh, you know opinions and 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 who's uh, I don't know the I, I, I your judgment is undoubtedly uh, first rate, and well, uh, and you. I believe your education at Hofstra yes uh, is a. Uh, <laughs> Is was you know well attended to blah 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 Massey and Poke nobody's listening anyway that's the best part of the show I think that started early in the show uh, that they that they stopped listening so since nobody's listening uh, I'll tell you you can follow me at Twitter at Pat Dixon you can follow uh, news whore Mandy Statmiller who is with me on the Kumia show very often uh, that is uh, New York City Crime Report uh, uh, at the Kumia Network you can follow her at Mandy Stat S D S T A D T is the stat part Mandy is just Mandy at Mandy Stat and uh, that that show is so much fun. A visual version of Crime Report. That's excellent. You should subscribe right now. It's less discussion. It's more uh, of, of of the humor. I think. Well, it gives it's more it gi- visual. It gives it gives the whole idea of what we do here a different dynamic. Yes, you can see what we're doing. That's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's it does. It, it really does. It's it's for example, we had we had. Um, we had Joseph Brooks on today, but, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> if you were only listening to this podcast, which you should do, you'd have to actually Google a picture of Joseph Brooks. Yes, if you were would. on Andy Cumia, Pat could just point to one. It and appears there, next to him. And there it would be, terrorizing us all. Uh, Joe Lozito on an episode actually used action figures to act out uh, the uh, the events of uh, February 11th. So, a so, jo- years ago, so Joe Lozito took the uh, strategy employed by sex abuse victims. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, we sort of we sort of forced that. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. Point, point to where the bad man stabbed you yeah yeah uh, <laughs> he was a victim of uh, maxime gelman the last victim not a victim of murder thank god joe lazito uh and and uh, joe, joe lazito really uh, flipped the script on the name of of the word victim he did didn't he, he started as a victim then then gelman kind of became the victim there yeah if, if we're if, if what we were talking about earlier applies victim of justice at least yeah. in the moment not in the, but on the whole joe was the victim of the city that's where right. that's where the city gets interesting that's and where the really basically if you don't know the story go back and look it up all the episodes because joe lazito beat the crap out of a guy with a knife and tried to kill him yep that's right on the free train between 34th and uh 42nd street that literally directly beneath the kumia studio that's where that happened Isn't that's amazing? amazing it's a really cool thing you definitely want to tune so we in. make him come back all the time. <laughs> Relive it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you got. Remember? Remember? <laughs> come to uh, come over there. AnthonyCumia.com. Very proud to be part of that network. Very proud to be part of doing uh, everything that they're doing. I tell you, it's freedom of speech, and it's it's just a remarkable. Uh, it's just a remarkable experience working there. So uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you there. And, and uh, Jim, thanks for being on again. Happy Very to be here. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime.